1: Dipsy stories dot com, slash, just
0: This
2: episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com
0: to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
3: And I'm Sam Blackwell, and I'm Spencer Worth Davis. And on this very special "Where Are They Now?" episode, we're going to tackle topics like having faith in the abundance of the universe, oh. not moving at the same speed, getting back to what you love, and dating in college.
0: All right,
1: cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool,
0: cool, what a cool. that's
1: an array, an array of different topics.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: We've got ah. uh, our our updates span. 159 episodes today i cannot so. believe
0: we've done that so much
3: i know <laughs> we have done this so much <laughs> yeah. so much
0: i can't believe there's so many like recorded hours of me saying words wrong out there in the universe like, Hundreds. if i Hundreds. think about it too really much true. it makes me feel deeply vulnerable but
3: i was listening back to obviously old episodes to prepare for this and on episode like Forty something.
0: Oh God! What do I say?
3: You said determine the relationship, and Sam was like, "It's it's define the relationship." and You're like, "No, I'm pretty sure it's determined the relationship." And then like two weeks ago, you got mad at us for not telling you that it was define yeah. the relationship.
0: Yeah, my bad. Yeah,
3: I have proof. Determine I feel vindicated. Feels
0: like that's hysterical. That there's a soundbite of that. Because I was like, nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever questioned me. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, like determine sounds like a little bit more like effective. You know, you're going to define the relationship. Okay, well, what's the definition of our relationship? Determine is like, well, what the fuck is our relationship? That's your
3: anxious attachment style coming through. (laughs) You need to know.
0: (laughs) Damn it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's get into these. Where are they now?
3: All right. First up, we have Heather from episode 75, titled, What Does Trust Look Like? And Heather wrote in letter three. Okay. And Heather at the time was a mid-20s woman who had been in several long-term relationships. She likes being in relationships, um, but has currently been single for a while, been on a few dates. None of them really worked. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. recently
3: met a guy named Rob who is awesome and they've been spending a ton of time together and they're both really happy, but mm. she's scared because she's been hurt by a lot of guys in the past and mm-hmm. can't, can't help worry that this will at some point fall apart. Okay. And she's specifically very anxious because Rob was about to leave for Europe for two weeks and she was just worried that it was going to, something was going to happen or they weren't going to talk for two weeks and things would go sideways or undefined, terrible thing would happen.
0: And let me tell you what is triggering for an anxious attachment style. I don't know what Heather's attachment style is, but like a large body of unswimmable water (laughs) in between me and the person.
4: (laughs) If
1: it's swimmable, swimmable. she's fine.
0: If it's swimmable, I'm like, I'll be fine. Because like, if I need you, I can get there. there. Yeah,
1: yeah, just like hop in the water, start swimming. But
0: unswimmable, very challenging. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So Heather said she didn't really have a question it was more a plea for help but then also said how <laughs> Me too. How, how do I stop worrying and enjoy this good thing mm-hmm. So Sierra you told a a very cute story about uh det- oh it was this episode the determine the relationship thing oh, cuz you were talking about when you were, had started dating Willow and you were dating long distance Yeah And she, like, said something about how you were going to get her best or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Very cute story.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but it was this episode because you were like, Willow and I hadn't DTR'd yet. And Sam was like, it's, it's defined. Anyway.
1: (laughs) um, And you were like, I'm just
3: not going to listen to that. (laughs) Just not going to hold that
1: in my brain in any way. I think you literally
3: said, like. No, that's I was like, not That's right. not
1: it. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, but you're wrong, Sam. Yeah. Uh, your first advice was, "It's okay. 2020. Leave your pain in 2019." You were really. Oh, it was no. It was January <laughs> 5th of 2020, and you were really on this like 2020 is going to be better Listen, kick. Listen, <laughs> I love
0: <Yes>. a theme, <laughs> so I probably was just going with the New Year theme, and mm-hmm. also nobody could have known.
3: <laughs> sure, uh-huh. uh, you also said, "Send him nudes across the ocean; it will be fine."
0: Oh my God, I was <laughs> deeply helpful during this episode. It was a, it
3: was a wild week for you. I uh, do you
0: that... remember a period of time where I was like, we were recording episodes, and I kept after we recorded each episode, I'd be like. What the fuck did I just say? Like, <laughs> I remember a period of time where there was like a, there was a lull <laughs> for me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: You were you were just kind of tossing shit out there, and Sam was, uh, you know, making yeah, something. Yeah, fixing out of it. it. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. That's literally the equation just, of our. I was just podcast. braiding
1: all of the different themes together. Oh my god, <laughs> this is what we're saying.
0: I'm fine. I'm my anxiety is fine. <laughs> I Can handle this.
1: This is also when you were in, we're long distance, right? With... Yeah,
0: but we we weren't long distance yet because the pandemic hadn't hit yet.
1: Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. That's when we were recording seven episodes a day.
3: Yep. <laughs> so it makes sense that you so weren't retaining wh- anything. Maybe that's
0: why it was out of content. <laughs> yeah. I was like, send naked pictures.
3: January of 20, had you had just moved?
0: No, I had moved six months before, but I was... But remember the original just break up plan was that I would come back oh, every like right, 6 right, 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 right. 6 to 8 weeks and we would bank episodes cuz we, we were still at doing that, that at that point we were really dependent on recording in the same room <laughs> so we could yeah, make yeah, uninterrupted yeah. eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> and now Sam just looks at himself at a zoom screen.
3: It's <laughs> absolutely he's still making true. uninterrupted <laughs> eye contact. It's just not with you
1: anymore. Yeah, just with me. <laughs> I just stare directly at my mouth for the 3 hours that we spend
3: recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these
0: uh, are fun. These
3: are um, <laughs> your last piece of advice. Will was oh it god. will probably crash and burn anyway.
0: Oh my god! La-
3: what the fuck? Life will devastate us, but anxiety won't prevent it. You're basically just like, all right. Well, that it's that's gonna that's suck. suck being, but like <laughs> being nervous about it won't make it suck any less. Oh god! Hey, you have anxiety. Have you tried not having anxiety? <laughs> oh god! <laughs>
1: You were in a mood. Uh, you were in a mood this episode,
3: Heather.
0: <laughs> I'm really sorry. I hope that this all helped, and I'm also sorry.
3: <laughs> Sam Sam came in pretty hot too. He said, uh, oh, "Enjoy the new sex era slash the cocaine phase."
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, which God. is you never duck. A- <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I've never done cocaine. I don't know what it's like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woo! But now um, my best friend trivia right there.
3: <laughs> you said it might not ultimately work, but it's working now, so try and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, just um, chill is what. <laughs> this is well, summary of this. Episode. Some
3: some practical advice happened. Uh, you said try and find ways to consciously bring yourself back to the joy mm-hmm. and appreciate, like have gratitude for the the fact that it's working now and you are happy and like try and center yourself around that Mm -hmm. um and you said he'll be there in two weeks and if he's not you will still be whole and capable of finding
0: Cute, cute cute cute
2: great so
3: an update from heather
2: hi sam and sierra uh feels super exciting to be able to leave you a voicemail um my name is heather and i'm following up on my letter which you responded to um in episode 75 it was the last letter um and i wrote in about a new relationship that i was in and feeling super excited and also scared about um because i just sensed it was something really really good and couldn't shake this fear that it was going to crash and burn. Um, And I really appreciated the candor in your response to say, you know, uh, one of the quotes that I wrote down that stood out to me was that like, life will devastate us despite our anxiety and worry that it will devastate us. Um, And, I took that advice to heart, that anxiety is going to pre- prevent us in life from experiencing wonderful things, um, and I just decided to continue to jump in head first and hope for the best, and if the worst came, uh, to deal with it then. Um, and I'm super happy to say that a few years later, it it still is yet to devastate me. Um, Aww, and yay. me and my partner are actually <laughs> getting married. We got engaged at the end of yay. last year. And we're now kind of jumping head into or head first into um, planning our wedding, which is super, super exciting. Um, and he has just been the best person, continues to be the best person, like despite my flaws despite his flaws um like life every day is just so wonderful um with a partner that sees you and supports you and loves you for who you are so um i mean i hope everybody who calls in with a follow up is calling in with good news in one way or another um but mine is certainly that way um i'm just Super, super thrilled, and I mean, I guess also some in some way happy to share with you that our relationship is going so well. Since your response mm. to my letter really early on in our relationship, like, gave me the strength I needed to to just deal with the unknown and deal with
4: mm.
2: the uncomfortability uncomfortability of not being able to predict exactly how our relationship was going to pan out, um, and it allowed me to be more present too and enjoy all the moments we've had in the last couple of years together. So thank you. I love you. Your podcast is my favorite ever, um, which is probably uh, being said to you on every single one of these voicemails. Um,
3: Heather, that was three minutes. Heather got cut off and, didn't come back but
0: <laughs> that's okay heather you got your point across yeah. really well
1: <laughs> that's right and i'm so excited to take full credit for the fact that this relationship <laughs> is so successful <laughs> it was definitely that really great advice that we gave you at the beginning to that re- made this happen <laughs> yeah so just chill enjoy it
0: <laughs> well i i do like critiques of our advice aside i will say i i I think you were the first person to tell me, like, our anxiety won't protect us. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like, we can't prepare to be, even if we're afraid of, like, losing love or being hurt or devastated or whatever, like, we can't, our worry doesn't prevent that from happening. Or it doesn't, our anxiety doesn't protect us from any sort of devastation. So I do love that. And I love that it, it resonated with you, Heather. And I'm so happy for your joy. I uh and i'm and of course we're like so tickled and deeply honored that you still love and listen to our show so it's nice to hear your voice too
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is funny that like sometimes i look back on the advice that we give and i'm like oh that was like just so like stupidly straightforward like just stop (laughs) worrying so much but it's also like sometimes it's the thing that you need to hear (laughs) like
0: especially because heather was so happy you know yeah absolutely
1: and like i have to remind myself all the time to be like you're worrying about things that may never happen and that is like literally robbing you of the joy of this moment so like make a choice like literally make a choice about like what you're going to focus on and that's like easier said than done for sure but i've had to really figure out how to do that in the course of the last like 10 years of like I just spend so much time robbing myself of my own joy by focusing on things that like may never come to pass. Um yes.
0: And if they do come to pass, you can also endure that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. When you've like lived through like awful shit, then suddenly you're like, yeah, well, like throw things at me, friends, like I can handle it. <laughs> like I got it. Don't worry about it.
0: Totally. Uh all right, Heather. We we love you. We're we're so happy and congrats on getting married. Yeah.
1: directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us.
0: And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) 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 honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it.
1: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q u slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash justbreakup.
0: All right, Head and Heart Workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame
1: Use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just That's rocketmoney.com slash just break Rocketmoney.com slash just
3: All right, next up is Anxiously Attached from episode 159, No Breaks on the Love Train, (laughs) uh, published (laughs) in September of just last year. So Anxiously Attached is a 32-year-old woman who's dating a man. It's going great, Um, but they have very different approaches to decision-making. He's very methodical, and she's very driven by her heart and they're struggling with some of the big relationship questions like when to say I love you uh, and moving in together, stuff like that. Um, She wants to move in together, and he's not sure he's ready, and it's starting to make her anxious and make it hard for her to be present in and enjoy their relationship because she's worried that they're just not on the same page. Sure. So, Sierra, you said that This sounds like maybe uh, an anxious attachment style coming out and that nothing is actually going wrong, but your inner narrative is convinced that it is anyway. Um, You suggested that you don't have to, that she doesn't have to shoulder this by herself and that she can ask for help.
0: We're going to be learning yeah. about anxious attachment styles. Mm-hmm. 60 episodes earlier, I would have been like, deal with it by yourself alone yeah. in a dark closet. Tamp
1: it down.
3: Tamp it down. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. don't. You're hurting be everyone about. around yeah, you. Just stop don't it. be
0: anxious. Just chill. <laughs> yeah.
3: Just stop doing the thing that you're doing that's <laughs> yeah. hurting you. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm glad I said you don't have to shoulder this by yourself.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you also said that sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to work through this t- type of anxiety alone because we know that it's irrational. So, it- feels silly Mm. to ask other people for help with something that you know is not like
0: deeply humbling.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And you also suggested that she could talk about this with her partner and that it might help them both come to a better understanding of where they're butting up against each other Mm -hmm. Um, or to a friend or to a therapist. And sometimes just saying your anxieties out loud to another person can can help alleviate some of them. Uh, Sam, you said that this is probably more common than we think, that people have these different approaches to making big decisions. Um, oh, one of the things that was causing her anxiety is that she said, I love you first to her partner. And he didn't say oh, yes. it back right away, but yeah. then did like a week later. But that time in between was really hard for her.
1: And Understandably.
3: So do- yep. Understandably hard. <laughs> Yeah, so you just affirm that, like, that's not an unreasonable reaction, that, like, anyone would have a hard time with that. That would be really disappointing for anyone. Uh-huh. Um, that she's not doing anything wrong to be upset by that. And that this can be a conversation or an ongoing conversation with her partner, and they might find out more about each other if they approach it with curiosity. <laughs> and it's okay to have those conversations, even if they are upsetting. Um, she's probably feeling vulnerable because she's being really vulnerable and that's that's a good thing even if it doesn't even if she doesn't receive it in return from her partner or other people in life and then lastly you said that his sort of uh pace or you said hemming and hawing about decision making probably isn't about her it's most likely mm-hmm. something about him um and that also those those parts of him are probably parts that she loves about him too and so if they oh. talk through it it might you know might not be as big of a deal as it seems well
0: That's great, shit, Sam <laughs>
3: yeah I love that advice <laughs> <laughs> look yeah. 70, 80 some episodes later <laughs> yeah, we got it I'm
0: together like that was really compassionate, good compassionate yeah. and
3: concrete advice Yeah. <laughs> uh, any thoughts before we hear an update from Anxiously Attached
0: I do like um, what Sam brought up that is, it's a mental pivot that I've had to do often to our letters and to myself of like vulnerability, trust, you know, intimacy, extending ourselves in that way that feels really scary and not receiving it back doesn't mean we did something wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so to say I love you first and to not hear it back, it really like, it singes us, you know, it hurts so much, but we have to remember like, it's a beautiful thing to extend your love to someone. And that, that vulnerability isn't transactional. It's not based on the reception of someone else, Um, which I know is really hard and scary, (laughs) you know, like it's really fucking terrifying to like extend that vulnerability and not get it back. But I have to remember that 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 they are all good things
3: it's especially tough in a relationship where not receiving it back then can lead to well are we not on the same page or are we not do you not feel the way about me that I feel about you or is this just an issue with like opening up and expressing the ways that we feel so yeah yeah totally totally makes sense that that would be stressful (laughs) (laughs) yes and also as like a deeply
1: deliberative person too, like I empathize with her partner Mm -hmm. in this situation, Mm -hmm. too, to be like, you know, he may not want to say it until he's like absolutely sure. And that doesn't necessarily mean something about her, but just like his own process of like thinking through things and wanting to like look at it from all angles. Like I deeply relate and also recognize that like that
3: deliberativeness can be really shitty when you're on the receiving end of it, too. Well, I could see that thought process coming from a place of like, I don't want to say something to my partner that I'm not like a hundred percent sure about just to make Mm -hmm. them feel better in this moment. Right. But then also like that can be really painful to like, you're trying to prevent pain and then causing a bunch more in the process, (laughs) which is like
1: the definition of the human experience. Yeah. Like trying to prevent pain and also causing it in the process.
3: (laughs) Yes. That is being in a relationship. sometimes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Here is an update from anxiously attached.
5: Hi Sam and Sierra, I am of course anxiously attached, and I wrote to you from the UK. And I appeared on episode 159, uh, No Breaks on the Love Train. And I wrote to you originally about moving at different speeds um, from my partner. I'd said I love you to him first, and I'd recently, before writing, told him I was ready to move in, and he wasn't ready for that. And it was really beginning to affect our relationship. It was kind of triggering my anxious attachment style, and what was otherwise a very healthy relationship um, and spoiler alert still is <laughs> so y- you really encouraged me to open up about this i had done that um, classic thing you always talk about anxiously attached people do- doing and I've been treating my anxiety as, as my problem, and I've been nervous to share it with him I've been anxious to open up about it worried that he would think I was putting him under pressure to change his decision mm. um, and mm-hmm. so I saw this as kind of my problem to solve. You encouraged me to talk to him, and we managed to have some really vulnerable conversations. Uh, we realized we were both really scared of getting hurt again. Um, I was trying to draw closer for reassurance, and, and he was kind of hesitating because he'd been so hurt last time he'd moved in with someone, but there was actually real nerves on both sides. And we had some of those conversations ourselves, and then when that got difficult, saw so a couple's counsellor as well, only twice. But it really helped me stop assuming his moving slower meant there was something wrong with me or us. I'd been assuming kind of my anxious attachment was the root of the problem. And actually, that process helped me kind of take my partner off this pedestal of his secure attachment style, see his yeah. vulnerability yeah. and how he had, and see how he had been hurt before, which helps me give him the time and the space he needed to kind of work through that. And we, we did move in <laughs> just a month ago, but I didn't want to leave with that because we never would have got there without working through this together first. And, you know, on your advice and through these difficult conversations, both together and then with a, with a counsellor, we were able to get from a place where this was making me so anxious it was kind of beginning to undermine our relationship and helped us move back to a space where I felt secure. We were able to be more real, more vulnerable with each other. And a few months later, he did ask me to move in. So
0: yeah, um, we're, uh, we're we're doing really well, and um, thank you
1: so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That
0: you, well, <laughs> i I love hearing about the work, right? Mm-hmm. The actual labor of love directed at the partnership and at the self, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not broken for feeling these ways. There's a reason why I'm feeling these ways, and I'm going to address them. And also, oh my god, d de- um, platforming or what is, what's the word that they used, um, Pedestal. taking the pedestalling mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. the partner, the secure attachment style. Um, and that that is a, and the part recognizing that the partner's meticulousness when it comes to decision-making is a response to something as well. It doesn't right. mean that it's the right way or the wrong way, but that, that's his mode of operation that he learned through experience. Um, I love that all. Like I learned from that response.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if anxiously attached had had done the thing that so many of us do, which is to assume that like, this is all my problem and I shouldn't talk about it. I should feel shame about it and like just keep tamping it down. Like that would have not worked because what worked right? was putting it all on the table, talking about it with professional help, which I absolutely love. That's great that you yes. sought that out. And being like, here's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? And like getting to a place where you could actually see each other's full humanity and your own. Um, and just like such a great example of the ways in which like talking about the thing we're scared of talking about can actually really help us figure out how we want to move forward um, and can also like offer people an opportunity to see us more fully and make informed decisions about how we want to move forward with that deeper knowledge of each other. So like- yeah. I just love that this could have been like a breaking point if we'd done the thing that that can feel like the the easiest or like the thing that mm-hmm. we should do because of our shame and was like, nope, I'm not gonna let shame do that. And I'm going to put this all out there. And then it moved into something that seems to be working really well for you. So, like, I just I love that that narrative. That's so exciting to see that that's happening with you both.
0: I also want to say that, like, um, for people out there who might be in similar experiences in which they're trying to like air their anxiety and, and share it and um, work through things together. I also want to give credit to the partner that like mm-hmm. that this is working because they're both working, you know, they're both working to see each other. And yep. I, I agree with what I said originally, which is this is an act of self-love too. Um, but I'm so happy to hear that anxiously attached has attached partner like met her at this labor as well right Right. cool well we love you thanks for the update i'm just thrilled that like filled that filled my cup for
1: sure absolutely congratulations on (laughs) on moving in together i hope it goes well
3: all right next up is hannah who wrote into the patreon on january 1st 2020 sierra was very much this was oh, four God. days before your, your, <laughs> sorry, I will not, there's nothing to oh, roast. You fine. did a great job.
4: I,
0: <laughs> I know who I am.
3: <laughs> you just like I just love 2020. I just never
0: look back. Part of who I am is like, well, that makes me feel anxious and terrible. I'm, you know, so I'm never going to think about it again. What are you talking about that? We had a podcast for three years. Yeah. Having you hope
3: know? for 2020 was not the wrong thing to do. It just didn't work out for any yeah,
0: of us. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Cool.
1: Yeah, we thought I 2019 <laughs> was really rough. Remember that? We were like, oh, yeah, 2019, we like ready. can you believe?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Hannah was with uh, her ex for two years and they started dating one year into her attending dance school. Mm. And she, oh, yes, uh,
0: I remember this. Letter. I remember
3: this letter. Loved school, but it was very demanding. She was often doing 12 hour days and then fitting her partner into this very busy schedule and about a year into this he started telling her that what she was doing wasn't worthwhile and that dance wasn't going to go anywhere and that there wasn't a future there and she convinced herself of that and eventually dropped out of school three and a half years into a four-year program even though she really loved what she was doing and had made a ton of friends there and felt really comfortable um she then resented him after they they broke up nine months later and she had a lot of resentment around leaving school and felt like she was kind of coerced into doing something that she didn't actually want to do. And at the time that she wrote in, they had been broken up for about two years uh, and she was not dancing and was working a job that she really didn't like and was feeling isolated from her friends and partially because it's really hard to hear about what they were doing and what they were working on because it was something that she really missed doing. Um, So her questions were, how do you re-enter a community when you're out of touch and out of practice? How do I forgive myself and forgive my ex? And what do I do now?
0: Yeah. I I remember this because it was, I was, I felt the pain of the letter writer. Like it's, it's so hard to, have that sort of regret and um, feel like you betrayed yourself. So I, I, I deeply connected with this letter. I think.
3: Especially as an artist and an artist at that age, like Mm -hmm. for me, at least like that's so much, that was so much of my identity was like,
4: Mm -hmm. I'm an artist
3: and this is what I do. And like, this is my community and like feeling removed from that would be so devastating because it felt like such a big part of, who I was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sierra's advice was that this sounds really challenging and you related to it a lot. Um, as an artist, you suggested that a therapist might be really helpful, both in navigating the guilt of leaving and the anxiety of trying to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you said it sounds like she's still grieving and that, you know, it's okay to give yourself time to grieve and to give yourself love and forgiveness, even if it's, You know, two years on, there's pressure to feel like I should be over this. I should be on to something else. And like, it's okay to not be, and you can forgive yourself for that. Um, You made, you told her that she made the decision that she thought was best and that's fine. That's what we all do all the time. And she can always dance and is still a dancer and no one can take that away from her. Even if she's Mm -hmm. not pursuing it full time or is in school for it Mm -hmm. or is part of a, Community based around it, and there's no one perfect path. All you can do is forgive yourself and be willing to try again. Sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think oh. in in this moment, I want to talk about like the or like what pulls me most of this letter is is that feeling of self betrayal. Um, I don't know if we like covered that enough or like talked about it, but that's just such a hard feeling to like forgive yourself. Or when that is the only path, like you have to let go and say, I was doing my best, you know, yeah. but uh, that's what comes to mind. What were you going to say, Spencer?
3: Yeah, well, I, just one more piece of advice that you gave was that there's a lot of pressure, especially at that stage in your career, to do your art full time and to dedicate everything to it. And that if you don't dedicate your whole life to it, it's not worth doing at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that that's not true. And that a lot of that is just capitalism talking mm. that we need to like monetize everything that we do and be productive somehow and that if we don't it's not a worthwhile thing to do and you told her that she gets to decide what her art looks like i
0: i oh, yeah, yeah
4: good job yeah. Sierra. Yeah.
0: yeah nice work yeah. 2020 <laughs> 2020 chill sierra did not show up for this episode
3: yeah. <laughs> uh sam you talked a lot about sort of black and white all or nothing thinking and that it's rarely helpful and sounds like in this, applying it in this situation is, is really uh, hurting her. Um, and that if we only hold ourselves to the highest possible standard or perfection, that we will always fail because no one can meet that standard. Right. Um, you said something that I oh, wanted no. to clarify with you. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> you said you can be a dancer who doesn't dance or a writer who doesn't write. Hmm?
0: I actually agree with that.
3: Can you elaborate on that? I'm not sure I get it. (laughs) Uh, I realize I'm asking you to elaborate on something you said more than two years uh, ago, so you can tell me to fuck off. But
1: (laughs) No, I think the idea that like we need to always be practicing our craft in order to be the thing that we that we say we are right. Like you can you can go for years without doing the thing that you love to do and still like let that be part of your identity or part of the way that you define yourself, because it's always available for you to come back to as well and and practice. So like if you're a dancer, you're a dancer, like you don't have to like prove that by dancing every day or by like doing it professionally, you just get to say like, I'm a dancer because I love dance and I'm not doing it in this moment right now, but it's still like core to me and my identity and will always be.
0: I would add to that too, because my, you know, I can hear people say, well, if you're, you know, why call yourself a runner if you don't run or like, you know, you have to practice what you love or, or like what makes you a writer if you don't ever pick up your pen, you know? Mm -hmm the the counter argument to that would be like i think that there's some sort of like weird capitalistic worm in our brain that wants us to be acting or 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 emulating or pro- productive in a way in order to earn the title of these things and i like what sam just said a lot more like holistically the idea that these things are here to fill our spirits and to bring us joy and to make us more connected with ourselves and our creativity and our communities and that they're always there (laughs) that you don't Mm -hmm. have to earn you don't have to because the alternative is too. like people will say like oh i'm not creative or like i'm not an artist i can't paint no Mm -hmm. that's like a capitalistic threshold that you think is there you everybody can pick up a paintbrush every can write you know everybody can dance um and I think the connection the idea that you have to like earn earn your label is there's something in it that like I don't agree with however I understand why people are saying like you know when I say like oh I'm a writer and then like my aunt who journals is like me too (laughs) but then I'm like I don't care I don't (laughs) give a fuck what my aunt does you know like um, yeah, I,
3: I think the competitive part of it is definitely unhealthy right yeah I just, I, I think there is, like, something to, like, with, with arts or with, you know, whatever we do, like, part of the art or part of the craft of it is, like, doing it mm-hmm. and, ex- and and, like, accepting that everyone does it at different levels and, like, my goal is to do it for me in the way that I want and that, like, I just am trying to do it more consistently or get better at it or do it in a way that feels good to me. Yeah. Because I think, I I guess my only issue would be like, identifying with a thing that you love but not doing it sounds like it's not great for you. Like if you love doing something, (laughs) find a way to do it that works for you. Yeah. Because I I think this can sometimes lead to like, it, it, it fuels that like, well, I'm not at this level so I shouldn't do it mentality of like with your running example like most people can get outside and go for a walk or a run and you don't have to be running three-hour marathons to be a runner but like if you love doing it try and find a way that works for you to do it as often as you can or in a way that you enjoy it the most yeah am i making any sense
1: yeah yeah no, and i i totally <laughs> no I totally. okay fair no i totally get that I think like finding ways to do the thing that you love is important. And if there's a point at which you're incapable of doing that thing that you love, it doesn't mean that you're not that thing, right? Like if I have an injury that I can't run for eight weeks or six months or something, it doesn't mean that I'm not a runner. It means that I'm, I'm a runner who is taking a break from my passion to focus on things that are going to serve me well in pursuit of that. And so like the fact that this person hasn't danced for two years doesn't mean they're not a dancer anymore. It just means that they've taken a break from something because they, in a way to heal or in a way to figure it out so that they can get back to it. So they're like that that option is always available, I guess is what I was saying. Like going back into that thing is like always available to you. You don't have to say like, I haven't danced for two years, so no, I'm no longer a dancer. Like, no, you're still a dancer. Like go out there, do your dancing. You've just taken a two-year break. It hasn't changed the fact that you have this skill, you have this passion for it. Like, find a way to get back to it.
0: And we love a lot of things, and our lives require a lot of things from us. So, like, yeah, not every, you know, I think about writers who had to put their entire careers on hold because they had children, not feeling triggered by anything there. <laughs> um, and uh, And a lot of times there are thresholds, you know, like, I don't want people who don't have access to a recording studio or um, expensive equipment for music or whatever to, like, deny themselves the right to call themselves musicians. I actually agree. I agree with everything you said, Spencer, too, because I also feel like... There's a part of me that's defensive of creative titles professionally because we are delegitimized so much, you know, like how the aunt journaling versus me and my career example earlier, like we, we delegitimize creative professions because we're not used to seeing them as part of this like capitalistic machine. Um, So I have like, I have like a wound in me that's defensive of those titles, um, And also, like, holistically, I think I align more, or I I align with Sam as well, like.
1: And I would say, like, even, like, going back on what I even said (laughs) to this person, too, like, (laughs) I don't actually know that, like, those types of titles can be helpful. I mean, they can be, but I also think that they can be harmful, too, because it's, like, if you're defining yourself by the things that you do, then, like, you're not sort of focused on the fact that, like, you're a person outside of the things that you do, right? Like. I've been thinking about this too of like, I'm not a runner, I'm a person who runs. Because if I'm a runner, then if I don't run, then I'm not a runner anymore and now I don't have an identity. But instead it's Mm -hmm. always like, I'm always a person who's doing these things and may have like passion about them or maybe like really good at them or like may do some of them every single day and some of them like once every year or something. But I'm sort of always the person first who's doing the things and trying to like separate my identity from those things that I do. Which can be like really helpful in a holistic way, but also not super helpful when you're like trying to legitimize your like experience as being somebody who does these things, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not a person who does music. I am a musician. Like that's that is my (laughs) that's a thing I do and it's like legit. So it's like sort of how do you take all of those things and like find the thing that's gonna work for you to like not beat yourself up over basically.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I feel like Sierra in this moment, Sam just took what I was trying to say and and presented it much more uh, clearly and articulately. Heyo <laughs> you've been blackwelled.
1: When
0: you're inspired and you're also you also feel stupid at the same time.
3: <laughs> the, you hit on something about the labels that I, I was feeling but didn't articulate very well of like, I think those can, can hold us back.
4: Yes, I yes. think that's beautiful. Yep. Because yep. like
3: there are there are lots of other ways to Like if what you love about dance is the creativity in the community, there are a million ways to be creative in a community. And so holding it to like, well, it's, it's dance and I have to be a dancer and being a dancer means X, Y, and Z and being at this level and being part of this specific community, like that's really restrictive and it's being put on us by like, it's not, it's not real, right? Like that's just some made up standard. And so, yeah, I, I think that's what I was trying to get at with those, those labels of like, yeah, what is who, who defines what a writer is? is like, there's right. the, nobody gains anything by that except those of us trying to, like, cling to the the scraps of money in the artistic <laughs> community. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Hail again. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Um, I love this conversation.
3: No, it's great. Anyway, the point is to get an update from Hannah, and here it is. <laughs>
0: I
2: love uh, Spencer's voicemail. Uh, my name's Hannah. You uh, answered my letter on January 1st, 2020 uh, on the Patreon. And I remember just seeing the January 1st Patreon pop up and I was like, I just have a feeling, I have a feeling. And then I listened to it and you guys asked, uh, answered my question. I'm from Toronto, Ontario. Um, and it was all about um, feeling like I had to quit dance school because um, my, I prioritized an ex that was toxic for me. Um, I have to say it was all about creativity. And the first thing Sierra said to me was go to therapy. And girl has been in therapy. I was in therapy before the letter. I'm still in therapy after, <laughs> after the letter. Um but I was, I've been able to find my creativity again, uh, slowly but surely. I am with a new partner, but, you know, he's secondary. I've been able to find my creativity again, not exactly in dance, but I've been slowly coming back to it with forgiveness and a lot of um, uh, peace for myself you know you don't have to be the best you just have to keep going mm-hmm. um i started painting i opened up my own vintage store um Ooh. i've Ooh. Uh, gotten a dog which is a big goal of mine um yeah. which has gotten me out of the house and exercising and i just wanted to say thank you so much and i have i probably listened to that letter uh like the response to my letter like 40 million times and also played <laughs> it for all of my friends so, um, moment. I appreciate you guys taking the time and uh, yeah I've been waiting for you guys to do something like this so I'm very excited to hear the echo okay, thank you bye
0: you are welcome I'm so glad to hear that and it kind of aligns with that 20 minute conversation we had about labels <laughs> yeah. and creativity yeah. you could have let us know Spencer
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah like vintage stores and painting and hell dog dog ownership can all be creative endeavors that are rewarding in different ways for sure yeah
0: and that you can i mean another thing like holistically about this letter to 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 remind ourselves is that like we think we're on a specific path but
3: mm-hmm. our Great. paths
0: are infinite they contain so many different like offshoots into endeavors that we think are going to take over our whole world and that includes relationships or crafts or hobbies or careers that we think are going to last forever and mm-hmm. and don't ultimately define us um so I love to hear this recap um that has taken her into other places
1: yeah absolutely i think i think we've been sold this like false idea of creativity that it's about people who like create ideas from nothing or like are super artistic in a particular way. Um, But creativity shows up in lots of different places and lots of folks um, are creative, even as they tell themselves that they're not. Um, And so I'm glad that you found creativity in a bunch of different places. And it sounds like you're being really kind and forgiving to yourself too, which is really, I think what Sierra and I were hoping for you, Um, just recognizing that the decision that you made wasn't a bad one. It was just a decision. Um, and you may look back and say, I wish I had done something different, but uh, we can't change that. And all we can do is sort of move into what's next and what is going to, what we want to do with what we have in front of us. Um, and it sounds like you're really in that place. So I'm really glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, me too. Thanks for writing and thanks for listening. We love you. We do.
3: Okay, our last letter is from Kiki, who wrote in the very first letter of episode one.
1: Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I want to go back there.
3: (laughs) Titled Tent Sex, published uh, in July of 2018. Wow. So Kiki had just finished high school and had been dating someone for about six months, but they were moving away from each other to start college And was wondering if she should break up and start college with a fresh start so that she can have the full college experience or stay with their partner because they love their partner. And it is a, quote, good, true love. So this is the (gasps) the origin of good, true love was Kiki in episode one.
1: Kiki, thank you so much. You've made us so much money. (laughs) I really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, so their question was essentially, "Should I break up with my high school boyfriend if we're going to different colleges?" Uh, Sam's advice was literally just break up. Um, I love it. College hard is a time and fast
1: to... with the like very explicit instructions in uh-huh. the early days of this episode.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like waxed and waned over the years of how <laughs> how direct yeah. or how vague it gets. Uh, you said college is a time to figure out who you are, to be present, to build a, a network. Um, and that you just haven't ever really seen this work. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You also, hot take, suggested leaving the relationship while it's good so you can look back on it fondly later.
1: Still into that idea. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that like on paper, sure. I don't know <laughs> anyone who would be capable of doing that, especially at, at like eighteen. But sure, sure.
0: Yeah, but like even more so, like 30. You
3: know?
0: yeah. <laughs> like, true. true. At 30, you'd be like, no. <laughs>
3: uh, Sierra's advice was, you thought it was a little more complicated. It it sounds like a, a good and healthy relationship. First loves are important. Um,
0: are they? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Definitely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, they are in that, in what they teach you about yourself in the decades to come. <laughs>
1: That's
3: right. Yes. Uh, we shouldn't let fear dictate what we do, but you may end up not being fully yourself or fully present in this new situation if you feel tied to someone, something from your past. Um, college, you can make it you're work.
0: saying like you would? Mm-hmm. I would not be. You would not be like fully present at this college experience. Is that yes. what I was saying? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
3: You can make it work, but it'll be hard. You'd have to, you know, really communicate a lot, give each other space be willing to grow with each other and it would take a lot of trust uh, you told your story about going on a school trip and being oh, distracted yeah. by a boy the whole time and Classic. not no- not noticing the castles and museums and stuff mm-hmm. yeah because
0: I was like too I was like in fucking Europe like, <laughs> such a privilege at 15 or 16 or something and like I was like too distracted by like where if this boy was like looking at me and he is what I remember <laughs> of that trip which yeah. is just fucking disgusting.
3: <laughs> and also, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was a, school, like, I was a
0: child.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
3: uh, also, my, my one takeaway from listening back to the very first letter of the first episode of our podcast was I love how much Sam just like aggressively affirmed everything Sierra said early on. You were just like. Yeah, where'd that
0: go, Sam? <laughs> your whole
3: approach was just to be Sierra's hype man for the first episode, at least. And it was it was really cute. It's because we were making vibe. direct eye
1: contact the whole time. Yeah, it's and, a dynamic. And now that I'm staring at myself, I don't feel the need to affirm you quite as much.
0: <laughs> and I just became less articulate, articulate over time.
3: At the end of every sentence, it, Sam was just like, that's right. That's yes. Right. That's, that's right. right. That's, yep. right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so here's our update uh, almost four years later from Kiki
6: hi Sam and Sierra um, so I am the first ever letter that you ever answered on the first ever episode of just break up um, I Cute. Wrote under the name Kiki which is not my real name but we'll stick with that for now um, and I asked whether I should break up with my high school boyfriend before I go to college um, despite it being a good, true love. I would like to remind everybody that I did coin that phrase on action. <laughs> you did.
4: Um, Thank you, Kiki.
6: So long story short of it, I did break up with him before I went to college, and that was the best decision I could have ever made. Thank um, you. Funnily enough, For looking third back, time. It, it wasn't really um, that good or true of a love. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, things, things look different when we're inside of them. So it, it's okay. Um but i have had a much gooder and truer love since yeah. um, mm. when i wrote that letter i was a quote unquote a, a straight woman and now i am extremely queer and <laughs> i am in a new queer relationship right now and it's bringing me so much joy and i am so happy at the moment Um, And I just remember the advice um, that Sierra gave about, like, going to Europe on a school trip, and she had a crush on a boy, and she doesn't remember anything about the castles and museums she saw because she was just um, positioning herself around this boy. And I loved that advice. And um, I like imagining that that's me, but, like, the, the castle of museums is, like, women. Or like my queerness <laughs> and like all the things I love I it.
4: I love it.
1: I
6: holding on to that um high school relationship. So um I'm also two months away from finishing my undergraduate degree. Um and that's Yay. just wild and amazing that um just breakup started before I went to college and now I'm almost done and I feel like y'all have just been with me through this huge part of my life.
0: So thank Aww. y'all and I love you so much. We love you too, Kiki, and thank you. Our our love for you is good and true.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and great. I'm glad our, <laughs> the first advice we ever gave was successful. Uh, glad you took it, and um, I'm glad that you have learned new things about yourself that you yeah. may not have if you um, had held on to that relationship. So,
0: reiterating the um, the path of life, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why I hesitate at, you know, staying together, like maintaining a a relationship during big life transitions at younger ages. It's not meant to be pejorative or ageist. I know that good, true love exists out there at all different times of our lives, but there's so many things that we think are going to define our journey. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then we keep going and we're surprised by what's out there or what's within us or the castles and the museums that, all, that are all around us waiting to be explored.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds like you did that and explored a whole new different aspect of your identity. So that, that's really great.
0: <laughs> AKA women.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I hear they're great.
0: Just kidding. Um uh, yeah, that's lovely. And I'm so glad. I love, like, I think that was a beautiful letter to end on, Spencer, because it is wild. I started this episode <laughs> talking about how anxious I was that there are, like, how many fucking, like, almost 200 episodes out there of us talking to each other, unscripted, mm-hmm. answering, answering y'all's letters. And that's a really vulnerable and also at the same time, thanks, Sam, a magical thing. And so the idea that like, we've been with you Kiki through your college years, um, through that journey, you know, um, is really meaningful to us. So thanks for the update. We, and thanks for the tagline. <laughs>
1: That's right. And thanks for getting us started off on such a great foot. Uh, yeah. appreciate that, that we were able to answer that letter and that you trusted us before we even had this podcast to, 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 write to us yeah. and ask for our advice. So thank you for that. That's
0: so true. I definitely think that like, if I answered that question now, I would say what I said, but I'd also be like, yeah, I probably think you should break up. Yeah. <laughs> or like the <laughs> the more bold <laughs> version of me would be like, yeah, break up. Like there's lots of things out there to explore. And if you're meant to be together, you'll get back together.
1: Yeah. I, I think know. I would be a lot more sympathetic or like empathetic, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I would still say break up. So, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> which is not, which is to say like, no, no insult directed at folks who do stay together in college i just like you know castles magic (laughs) out there women
3: right it's all out there but also like
0: good true love all right trail off i feel like we ended it better like 20 minutes ago
3: (laughs) women are magical (laughs) castles yes agreed (laughs)
0: Ah, awesome okay Uh, any last thoughts spencer what's it been like listening to the voicemails
3: it's been lovely listening to all of them um it is wild to me that, like, I don't know, li- listening to a show for four years. Yo. And I, I, I yeah, I, I'm just blown away by like the number and like quality and depth of responses that we got. Um, yeah. It's been really cool, like, hearing these updates and connecting, you know, numbers that we see on a, website somewhere to actual human beings with real lives and experiences and yes
0: totally yeah It's, it's a privilege for sure it's
3: absolutely wonderful
0: all right my darlings um we hope that you feel loved and appreciated by us this week and if all else fails
1: just break up